You're listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson. I'm live from Finland. Lawson is live from Australia. And Shell is right there in the middle of Newcastle, putting it all together, producing it up like a storm. Thank you so much. We are just getting into so many crazy news stories uh, that are approaching us. I can't even I can't even decide what to share. There's just too much happening. Lawson, it's it's a wild world out there. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I mean, I'm I'm fantastic. I'm uh, alive. I'm awake. I'm also living in the crazy world in which we we do live. Uh, but there's always rays of hope, rays of light in which we see, and and God is good. God is good, and and it was amazing to see. I didn't get to get out there yesterday, but uh, I, I mentioned Newcastle Uni there. Back on campus, it's their O week this week, and there was some awesome photos coming out from the students at the ASOC booth, which is one of the, the Christian booths. It's a club that I was uh, part of and working for. Um, they, yeah, they've set up on campus, meeting new people and getting lots of new people to come along to their, you know, Friday night groups and churches and whatnot. So praise God. Praise God for the work that he's doing on the campus. Not in Finland. Mm. Uh, it's actually getting warm. Like it's like it's like a solid like two three oh, degrees. I'm getting. I was sweating today. It was crazy. It was just too. It was too hot. I was just like I've acclimatized. I can't handle it. I don't even. I don't even know what's happening. The sun was out and shining. The ice is actually so thin, you can't walk on it anymore. <laughs> it's out of control. Oh, but I did fall, and that hurt. Uh, yeah, I did a big fall and slipped down an old uh, an old street and rolled down headfirst backwards there for a little while, looking at the beautiful stars as I was sliding down on my back. Coming up on Faith FM, a young Melbourne mother has actually been denied a heart transplant due to her vaccination status. As she says, the Victorian Department of Health and Human Services have told her no jab, no heart. And also, is there sabotage amongst the American people on the American railways as multiple trains derail recent days. Things are getting wild out there. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson. We are here live and there's no lag at all. So that's really good so that way it's coming in exactly at the right time every time hopefully i'm not i'm not actually uh-huh, sure uh-huh. i'm getting the thumbs up i'm getting the a-okay but we're 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 working as best as we're we can we're on the here. air blake we're getting it done we're here we're getting it done it's pretty incredible actually i'm pretty excited about everything that's going on we mm-hmm. we have our listeners in uh a few cities as well too that i wanted to share and just a minute here lawson but before we get into that i know we have some quiz clues that are coming up. What are they? Of course, our first clue for the quiz today and basically how our quiz works, essentially how our quiz works. We have one prize to draw at the end of the week and each day you can go through and answer the quiz correctly to get your name in the draw. Now, if you uh, answer on the sooner questions, the more points that you get. So the questions get easier and easier as we go through. Sorry, the clues get easier and easier as we go through. They're all pointing towards one answer. And the type of quiz today is a what number am I? So we're going to have a what number am I? 
and we're going to try and find the number. And the clues in the beginning are going to be more difficult. But if you get it right, you'll get more points. So here we go. First clue for the quiz. Manasseh was this many years old when he became king of Judah. Manasseh was this many years old when he became king of Judah. If you know the answer to that, the number to call is 0491-064-669. This is your first opportunity for 500 points, 500 big ones to get in. How old was Manasseh when he became king? If you know the answer, then you can give us a call or text on that number and you can go into the draw to win two amazing books that we're giving away. Firstly, simply put, 28 Fundamental Beliefs by Lauren Wade, essentially what the Bible has been saying, what the Bible says about all these different all these different uh, topics that we could possibly try to understand about the Bible. They're all in there. 28 Fundamental Beliefs of the Bible. And then secondly, as well, we're giving away a book called Letters, Letters from a Skeptic, which is a conversation that a son and his dad has back and forward over letter as to why the son has adopted belief in God and what the father needs to understand to have his own belief. And so if you want those books, again, that number 0491-064-669 and that clue was... Manasseh was this many years old when he became king of Judah. Lawson, I don't know if you knew this or not, but that book, the is it Letters from a Skeptic or to a Skeptic? Yeah. Which one is it? I'm trying from, to figure it out. I'm from. Not sure. Okay, Letters from a Skeptic. That book's actually on David Asterix's top 50 books to read after a rise. I was looking at that today. He, he recommended uh, it to me, so I read it. Okay, so I, it's a. I read it when I was eighteen. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I just wanted to say to our listeners, like this is a this is an excellent book. So it's well regarded. worth getting this getting this clue correct. Also, of we course. want to shout out our listeners in um, Port Kimbla, New South Wales, eighty-seven point eight, and also Gowler. Gola. I hope I said that right. Go Gola. Gala. Gala. In South Gola. Australia. 87, 88.0. Yeah. Mm-hmm. South Australia, we've got such good uh, like reception down there because it's just kind of like a big table land, big flat land. Radio waves just go for days. There's hills in South Australia. Like if you go to Adelaide, uh, there's some big hills there. It's actually quite famous for cycling. Well, to say that there's hills in South Australia is like saying there's mountains in Australia. Sorry, uh, that's awkward. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying, and it's kind of oh, untrue, but awkward. Also true. Anyways, you're listening to the breakfast show this morning. Oh, they're there. Some some positively different news. They exist. The good news: there's kind of mountains in Australia. There's two that you can ski on. That's 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 all that we've got. Um, let's have a look at some positively different news. So, Blake, if I say the phrase "right to repair," do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, so it's been one of the big issues within American legislation, right to repair, and this bill being pushed through. And it's essentially the idea that a consumer should have the access to parts and everything that they would need to repair technology that they buy. And just on its own, I want to ask you, Blake, how do you feel about that? 
And maybe the listeners can text us in 0491-064-669. How do they feel about the right to repair? That one that when they buy something, they should have the ability to fix it themselves. Say it's technology, say something like that. How do you feel? I mean, well, it feels great. It's not realistic. The companies are now building things with expirations date expiration dates on them. They they basically I mean, look at Apple, look at the phones, look at Dell computers, look at technology in general, look at VCRs. <laughs> They're not, they're just like the, the speed with which information technology are going. I mean, the right to repair sounds great. Sign me up, but it's not realistic. I don't think. So the area in which this has especially been pushed and which I think it needs to be pushed is in the area of farming. Now, John Deere, the famous John Deere, the famous green tractors are actually a really not great company and simply because of their system that they have set up for how it is people can use tractors and this whole idea of right to repair. Essentially, John Deere has restricted anyone but John Deere from repairing their tractors. So if your tractor breaks down, there's stuff in the software that then locks the tractor until John Deere pick it up, John Deere, fix it, and John Deere, give it back to you. Now, in an industry like farming, where your availability to a tractor directly equals dollars that you make, and not having availability to a tractor directly equals money that you lose. Uh, The problem comes when, oh, you know, I've got a flat tire on my tractor that I need to change. Oh, one of the one of the wheel bearings is a bit, you know, seized up. I just need to put some WD forty in there. One of this is this. One of this is this. The, like these are I can I can you know change this in an instant. Uh, instead, you need to se- send your tractor to John Deere for five days, and they need to fix it. And there was one uh, one of the kind of cases that they used to push this bill through of of a person. He's like a one person, you know, or a few people farming operation, but he was losing $83,000 a day from his farm as a result of John Deere needing to take his tractor away for five days, which is... Well, first off, I just want to get into the farming industry that can make me $83,000 a day, number one. That sounds amazing as a businessman. Yeah. But number two, yeah, that is kind of ridiculous. You can't even change your own tire. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So they've been pushing for right to repair and it's come through. But that being said, I liked your argument, Blake, because you've got this other side of it. If, if you apply right to repair to every single industry, like particularly phones and technology and whatnot, there just comes a point where it's impractical and you actually get a worse product. Well, for I, sure. I love my laptop. I have a I have a MacBook. It's been the first MacBook that I've ever owned and bought. Before that, I always swore that I wouldn't be into them because I was kind of big time on the right to repair chain, train. But I bought my MacBook and I love it because it's so thin. It's so small. The way that they have designed it and engineered it is so intricate and um, amazing that it's like the most powerful computer that I've ever had for the size that it is, which is which is awesome. It's exactly what I want. Now, if they had to make that in a way that needs to be repaired, then I'm like, 
Uh, then, then essentially you have to dumb down your design to make it easier for people. Or you need to sell them specialist tools to be able to do it themselves. And then you create a whole industry essentially of aftermarket parts, which can in some areas be dangerous. Like if you're selling secondhand lithium batteries or whatever it may be, it could be very, very dangerous. So it's a interesting predicament, interesting situation. Let us know your thoughts. 0491-064-669. In the world that we're living in, should we be given the right to repair? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. With Blake and Lawson together right now, even though we are almost worlds apart, hemispheres apart, separate countries apart, but we're all together here on the Faith FM Breakfast Show in Australia, broadcasting live. Yes, Star uh, We were just listening to Radio Host. As well, too. <laughs> Starcross Radio Host, that's right. Uh, Lawson, give us some quiz action. That's right. Quiz our next clue for 400 points. So we're getting a little bit easier now. Paul placed his hands on approximately this many men in Ephesus, and they received the Holy Spirit. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do, you'll go into the draw for our amazing prizes this week, simply put by Lauren Wade, as well as Letters from a Skeptic by Edward Boyd and Greg Boyd. So incredible books that we want to give to you, highly regarded, highly touted. We'll give them to you for free. You just have to win the draw, and to get the most points to get in the draw, you just have to answer the questions or the clues correctly. Of course, they're all going towards the same answer for today. They're all going towards the same answer, but the further we make our way through the show, the easier the questions get, and you'll get less points for answering correctly. No, Lawson, there is some crazy stuff that's happening in the world right now. I don't know if you knew this or not. Okay. Uh, yes. Just a quick rundown of a couple things. Uh, mm. I don't know if you knew this or not, but the, have you ever heard of a thing called the Marburg virus? I have no idea what that is. It's it's in the family of the Ebola virus, and it's actually there's an outbreak happening in Equatorial Guinea, which Ooh. is in Africa, amid fears hundreds of people are infected, and it has just killed nine people as well, too. And there's no vaccine. There's no cure. There's no way to stop it. And so basically 4,325 people are on hardcore lockdown in this little area where this Marburg virus has just come out. Like it's just Mm. like a brand new mutation, essentially. Well, maybe not brand new mutation, but a mutation or similar to the Ebola virus. It has an 88% death rate. So you get this thing eight out of 10 times, almost nine out of 10 times it's over. There's no way to stop it. Because what happens is the fever wow. goes on, all your wow. organs shut down, and it's not it's not looking good. Oof. So basically, uh, it well it actually varies. It's from twenty four the lowest to eighty eight percent. So mm. there, it's it's in that range. Uh, another thing that's happened, just talking about viruses, in an episode of today that aired last week, the host Carl Stefanov Stefanovich, I think that's A his Stefanovic. name. Stefanovic. Okay. You know the guy, right? On today? Yeah. Yeah. He basically, famous famous guy, obviously, in 
It's crazy that his name is that because I have friends who have that same last name, but it's Stefanovic. So yeah, maybe I'm saying it's it wrong. He, it's because ah. he's in Australia. This is this is okay. this is this is the Australian pronunciation. Because usually, if it ends with the V I C at the end of like a yeah. like a European name, it is Vich. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so but this is Stefanovic. Okay, Stefanovic. Well, anyway, Stefanovic. Carl Stefanovic. He uh, kind of went off and blasted uh, the fifth booster call stating that there are fit and healthy people who are dropping like dropping down like flies essentially with heart issues. He's like, why are we saying that people should get a fifth booster? And while all this is happening, there's a Melbourne mother who has been denied a heart transplant due to her vaccination status. Uh, and she's ma- making the claim that the Victorian Department of Health and Human Services have told her essentially no jab, no heart. So she is on, I wouldn't say life support, but essentially her heart will not work without the machines necessary wow. for to work right now. She, and, but the Victorian uh, Department of Health and Human Services are saying, hey, if you're not vaccinated, you can't, you're not even eligible for a heart transplant. And so she just is living wow. on machine that's happening right now it's pretty pretty wild stuff if you you know if you really kind of look into what's going on her name is vicky derdarian derdarian i hope i said that right and she relies on what's called a ventricular assistance device to keep her heart functioning after it failed in 2020 and is desperate for a transplant and the reason the reason she didn't take the the vaccine is because she is afraid of myocarditis or a pericarditis uh, which are rare they can be serious and because of her heart condition her medical exemption she's not been vaccinated right but Mm. the hospital stance at the moment is no jab no heart and so she's basically saying i'm ready to be on the heart transplant list because medically i'm stable to be on it but unfortunately because of these mandates it has interfered with patient doctor relationships which she just told Channel Nine's Today Show a little while ago. So that the same awful. show, the same show on where Carl Stefanovic is that I hope I said it the right way. He's saying we're having a serious issue here with people who are getting myocarditis and having heart problems. On the same show, she's doing an interview, and she's basically saying I'm not allowed to have a heart transplant because I'm not vaccinated. What do you think about that? I I think that that is awful. Is is that like not against the Hippocratic Oath? Like I I I don't understand how I can operate that way, and I also don't really see a correlation. Well, this is what former Deputy Chief Health Officer Dr. Nick Coatsworth basically expressed uh, empathy for her situation, but he's saying he's standing by the rules. He remained adamant that the biggest risk to a patient is actually getting COVID-19 yeah, without being vaccinated, not. <laughs> which could result in death and the loss of the transplanted organ. So, and he says, from a transplant physician's point of view, the biggest risk to you when we hit your immune system like that, if you get COVID-19 without having the vaccine, then there's a really significant risk that you'll die and that organ will die with you. And we don't want that to happen to you. And we certainly, <laughs> wow, that's crazy. We certainly don't want that to happen to the family who's made that sacred donation. So it is so it is such a complex area. I don't envy your decision, but I do stand by the rules of the transplant physicians have made here. The risk of post-vaccination myocarditis and pericarditis 
has been a hot topic among a, a number of medical professionals since the beginning of the jab rollout. And in August 2022, the TGA updated their vaccine fact sheet to now include a disclaimer that mm. Pfizer and Moderna shots and their link to heart issues are, are a real thing in young Australians. But what they're saying is the updated document published by the health authority showed the side effect was unknown to the group until May 2021, and the vaccine was provisionally approved for use on January 25th, 2021, almost five months prior. So essentially, this woman is, you know, up a, a creek without a paddle. She's mm. not going to get anything because the health professionals in Melbourne are saying, well, it's actually more dangerous for you to get COVID than to not get a new heart. Mm. Um, so, uh, oh, we're getting some some fresh info in here basically saying uh producer shell is saying not against the oath they they won't give to alcoholics or smokers because they have to give to people that won't waste quote the heart when they have a list of people waiting for it so they're putting uh her in that group wow so that because she's unvaccinated she's at the same risk i don't know if i agree with it honestly actually i'm I'm positive i don't agree with it uh because she's a healthy individual in in every other way and she's making a conscious freedom of conscious decision saying i don't want to do this and i bet i i bet they don't even have an example of that too like oh we gave unvaccinated people a heart and they wasted it because they just died like i don't even think that exists yeah, oh, I don't know, actually. That's a really good point. But, I mean, it, it clearly shows that there's some sort of, well, to me, it seems like there's an agenda behind what's happening saying, hey, you don't get the vaccination. We're not going to give you this. So that way, it's it's almost like we're not going to make you get the vaccination. But if you want to live, you know, then you got to go get it. You got to do what we say or we're not going to give you what you need. It's actually in many ways sounds like medical coercion if i'm not you know if if i could say it in that way hey we have the cure we have the answer to what you need but unless you do what we say how we say it when we say it we're going to medically coerce you yeah. uh, to be subjective to what we're doing or to you know bow down to submit to what we're we're saying here in victoria I, I think there are some serious legal and ethical issues, exactly what you're talking about with the Hippocratic Oath, and I don't think that she should be put in the same category. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson. Producer Shell is pointing at me to get started right now, and we are. Uh, we have a guest here in the studio with us uh, that we're going to introduce right after the quiz clue that Lawson is going to give us. I'm ready, Lawson. That's right. We have a clue for the quiz here, and it is for 300 points. Jesus healed a woman who had been subject to bleeding for this number of years. If you know what the answer is, 0491-064-669. And if you know that answer, and if you call it and answer it correctly, you will go into the draw to win our amazing books for this week, our amazing prizes, which are, we have one book, Simply Put, by Lauren Wade, and another book, which is Letters from a Skeptic. Now, these books are incredible. They're amazing. They will be a blessing to you. They are 
one of the books I've read, one of the books I haven't read, the book that I have read, Letters from a Skeptic, uh, fantastic. So it's a fantastic book. So if you would like it, again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, and that clue, that clue was Jesus healed a woman who had been subject to bleeding for this number of years. All right, thank you, Lawson. Uh, appreciate that, and definitely call, call and text in that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Also, call and text in if you're interested in doing mission work in Finland. Estonia, Latvia, or Lithuania, which our guest is from here today. So this is a Martinez. I hope I said that the right way. That's right. And then your last name as well, too. Is it Baltiseos? Uh, That's close, but it's uh, Baltiseos. Baltiseos. Okay, Baltiseos. Okay, excellent. Uh, Martinez, now I just want to do a little rundown of kind of the how we know each other. First off, we know each other because Mikael married your niece, uh, Amelia, right? right? Who is also Lithuanian. And you, but you don't live in Lithuania, neither does Amelia. You guys live here in Helsinki. Yeah, we have, we moved, um, uh, I moved 10 years ago, Amelia with her family moved uh, 12 years ago. So yeah, we have, yeah, been living in Finland. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of like, um, um, we've been involved in the Finnish uh, church activities quite heavily and, and it's been, uh, our, yeah, like for about a big, decade, big part of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So you come over here about a decade ago, about 10 years ago. Now I want to get this rundown correctly. You're studying theology at Newbold college, which is in the United Kingdom, but you're doing that obviously online, I would assume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, due to, yeah, because of Corona. <laughs> yeah, that, because that of coronavirus. Yeah. Fully on Zoom. Everything is on Zoom and you got your classes there. Now, the second thing that, or the, another thing that you do, you work with ADRA here in Helsinki, right? Which is the Adventist Disaster Relief Association. Yes. That is Adventist, uh, development and, uh, oh, <laughs> relief, agency. relief, relief agency. Okay. Development relief agency. Sorry. I messed that up. Um, I apologize. So we got Adra as well too. And we were there the other day and you guys were serving soup to not just soup, but soup and food to, uh, quite a few. I, I think I counted something like 25 different people who actually came, uh, to get like, it was like a, a bag. So there was soup in the bag. Well, it was soup in a cup and then, uh, food and snacks and all sorts of stuff in the bag as well too. And it was quite a huge line down the street. It was a giant line, actually, it seemed like down the street. And uh, how often do you guys do that? Yeah, that's one of our um, regular activities here in Finland, a food distribution activity. So we have several um, locations um, across Finland where we just uh, help the community, help those who are in need. And uh, it's, yeah, mostly uh, elderly people right. that we help. But uh, that's just one part of what uh, Adra Finland is doing. Um, also we, we do have, um, projects abroad. Okay. So you Africa and Kenya, um, in Kenya, Uganda, and then Pakistan, Nepal. Wow. So Uh, you guys are doing projects abroad from Finland as well, too. That's right. Wow. That's really cool. Now, the other thing that you do, you're an elder at the Helsinki Seventh Avenue Church as well, too. Yeah. Yes. Helsinki 
International uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. Oh, that's what it's called. Okay, yeah. so the Helsinki International Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I heard today, I just was there today, I went up to, into the, the church uh, sanctuary. It's an awesome place, by the way. Really cool design for a church. I've never actually seen a church design that way. It's got like the double tier. Yeah, with the so balcony. You, yeah, you can sit and it's like a wraparound balcony, like right. almost like 270 degrees. You can sit in every angle there. And there's a baptismal font inside as well, too. That looks good because outside would be very cold in the winter here in Finland. Well, uh, <laughs> but, it, but it can happen. Uh, and then uh, what's really cool. So you're saying it's international. And what I've heard is it has, you know, a Finnish service in the morning. Yeah. And then an English service in the afternoon. Is that? That's right. Yeah. And we also have um, other language groups like Russian, Swedish, and uh, Estonian group also. So we're all kind of like um, sharing the building, um, <laughs> just, just coming in on different times on Sabbath. So that's why it's called the Helsinki International yeah. Seventh Avenue Church. Wow. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Do you have all of those in, on the one day on Saturday? Uh, or was someone Friday night or no, we do have, yeah, all of those, um, on, oh, on, on, on Sabbath. Yeah. On Saturday. I um, didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. It's just spread out. Like some, some, some groups start earlier and then the international church starts, uh, in the afternoon. Wow. Okay. That's, that's really interesting. I didn't know you had that many people groups here. So Finland is quite an international kind of place. I, I would say Helsinki. Helsinki it, specifically. Yeah. Okay, got it. Helsinki specifically, international. So did you say Swedish, Russian, Estonian, Finnish, and English? That's correct. Okay, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Actually, that was something new to me. Now, you haven't always been in Finland, though. No. That's the thing. Uh, you came from Lithuania about 10 years ago. What is the Adventist church like in Lithuania, like, or and maybe we can compare the two. Like, you have been uh, here in the church in Finland, uh, serving as an elder, uh, working with Adra, uh, you know, studying theology. Oh, and I forgot to say as well too. I believe you serve on the the Finnish Union as well too. Which the way that it works is like the whole country has its own union, right? There's yeah. not a con- not conferences, but just one union. Yeah, we have a union of churches. Yeah, and I serve as a um, a board member in the, in the executive committee. And so basically kind of what you guys do is make decisions for the well-being of all the churches in the country of Finland, uh, and the direction moving forward as well, too. And there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of people here in Finland, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, that are in the, that are in the church. What is it? 5,000? It is roughly around that. Yes. 5,000. Yeah. So when we look back at Lithuania, how many people are, are in the Adventist church in Lithuania? Um, I would say, um, I just looked up the statistics from last year before coming here. Um, it was just under 700. Whoa. So just under 700. Yes. Okay. So it's a lot smaller. It's a lot smaller community as well, too. Now, Latvia is not as big as Finland. Uh, not Latvia, sorry, Lithuania. Sorry, I'm getting all my, <laughs> it goes Finland, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. Now, Lithuania is not as big as Finland. Do you know the population of Lithuania? Yeah, it's about maybe 2.8 million in total. So not a lot smaller than Finland. Like, I mean, cause what Finland's like five, 5.5. Yeah. yeah, 5.5. And then, so this is roughly half the size. Yeah. Pretty close to half the size. And yet the church is roughly 20%. 
or even less, yeah. like 15% the size. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, I think, uh, first of all, Lithuania, uh, well, is uh, quite heavily Catholic country. Okay, so it's a very that's, strong Catholic influence. That's the difference between the other two Baltic states, Latvia and Estonia. Uh, we have a, yeah, quite um, big Catholic influence in our country due to, um, yeah, some, yeah, historical ties with Poland. And, and so it has been more, always been Catholic. Um, is it Catholic or Catholic? I, I think both are correct, but we can say Catholic. Catholic, yeah. yes. So, and another factor I would say, um, is that, um, Lithuania was, uh, yeah, formerly, uh, Soviet Union in, in, you know, one of the form, uh, one of the Soviet Union, um, countries. So, which was kind of like a, the, like a no religion kind of yeah, place. Yeah. Atheism was promoted, uh, during, right. During with with yeah. Karl Marx and communism to, yeah. The nth degree, essentially, where they just yeah. basically said no to all religion, right? Yeah, and especially um, those like all those small denominations, like Adventist Church, was definitely um, during uh, during the communism time, uh, like semi underground. Uh, fun- really functioning like that. Yeah. So, so the church had to go underground to survive. That's essentially, right. but that yeah. that wasn't the case in Estonia, and that wasn't the case in Finland. No, no. Well, in Finland, it was definitely not the case. Right. Finland is more dominated by Lutheran Church, so that's right. Protestant Church is already like um, a lot different uh, from the Catholic background. Where I personally felt um, that it is really, it is really difficult to uh, reach people to evangelize in a Catholic country. Okay, so compared like, to the Protestant country, right? Okay, so. Yeah, uh, I would say, so Finland is like a national Protestant country where we, we learned yesterday that officially Estonia is like an irreligious, it's like one of the only non-religious, it's neither Catholic nor Protestant. It's just, well, sadly, it, it seems to be neo-pagan is what the new, okay. <laughs> the new growth is like highly spiritual, but not anything to do with Christianity one way or the other. Now, Lithuania, uh, is more, uh, under Catholic influence is what you're saying. And so like the, the Adventist church as uh, well, and I would assume actually Protestant church doesn't really thrive in Lithuania. No, not, not in the same way as it is in, in Finland. And yeah, in Latvia, I would say even that you can already notice a big difference, although we are kind of like sister, sister nations between, I mean, Lithuania and Latvia are kind of like sharing the same language group and we have close ties. Um, Estonia is a little bit closer to Finland, right? Right. And then Latvia and Lithuania, um, but uh, yeah, there is uh, definitely uh, harder for the Protestant Church in Lithuania. It's it's tougher <laughs> when it comes to just reaching the people because I feel like there's this mentality um, in Lithuania that we we will leave things the way we found them. So we will respect whatever was oh, before us. So we like will, traditions are traditions super are important. important. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So like the tradition of whatever was before, it it, it stops any form of progress. Like where any if especially from a religious perspective, yeah, we're not going to allow that to happen. It's yeah. whatever it was a thousand years ago. We're going to keep it that way. Yeah, and that's and that's uh, you know interesting when uh, I don't know if you if you. Uh, 
if you knew that Litu well Lithuania was uh, one of the last places in Europe that got like baptized that got um Christianity um so we like <laughs> in general like this area was resisting to Christianity so for so long and uh, now when it got bap when it, when Christianity spread into Lithuania um people are like okay now we're going to hold on to this and we're not going to let go and we're not going to change so it's kind of like yeah interesting i guess it's just that the whole maybe national mentality that we're not we're not going to change whatever we have we respect the ancestors <laughs> we we want to leave it that way so if someone is coming in and they have the message the protestant message of christianity what would do you suggest they would do in Lithuania? Because it sounds pretty difficult. It sounds like it sounds like a closed country to the Bible and to the scriptures. Because historically speaking, the Catholic Church doesn't follow the Bible; they follow the Catechism and the mandates of the Vatican. But when you say Protestant nation, like what we're talking about, are Bible believing, mm -hmm. scripturally accurate, following Christians. Like how how would Christians come? Protestant Christians come to share in Lithuania. Well, I think, you know, kind of, um, really, um, basic, I, I would say <laughs> basic things work. Like I, I would say it's, it's, um, it's easier to, um, reach people through friendship, through, you know, having that type of, uh, so like one on one friendship evangelism. I would say that's, that's the way to go, but, uh, it's definitely a challenge. Is it the challenge being friendly with Lithuanians? <laughs> well, um, Lithuanians, uh, I would say Lithuanians are not as, um, maybe closed as, for example, Finnish. They're more outgoing, but it's still a challenge when especially conversation moves to more spiritual, spiritual topics. Things. Yeah. Maybe because of the historically oppressive situation with Catholicism as well, too. Now, one little side note here. Lithuania, they're really good at basketball. Yes. You guys love basketball, we, don't you? Well, that's the, that's the so-called second religion. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So, cause I know, I know some Lithuanians who are, ballers like they are some absolutely amazing yeah. basketball players i can see your eyes lighting up as well too so well, you guys I you guys love basketball okay you play basketball as well too okay in high school yes. yeah no basketball that's something i played in high school and college as well too and lithuanians are known to be really really good basketball players so maybe a way to reach some for people sure. with christianity is to play some basketball with them for sure with that's, french evangelism i think um well there has been there has been um attempts or programs to uh reach uh young people young adults and uh, i know i know personally friends of mine that have been doing this type of mission work yeah they, they were doing it on a court <laughs> well martinez thank you so much for joining us here on faith fm on the breakfast show and i just want to say for our listeners in australia if you like basketball and you like sharing the message lithuania might be the country for you to come be a missionary in Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.